0: I mean, seven Super Bowl victories, 10 Super Bowls. Uh, There's a reason that he's so far ahead of everybody else. Um, It's hard to do, um, but I'll do my best to chase it. But uh, I got to start off with trying to win this one this week. So I just got to focus on uh, today and and then tomorrow and till we get to Sunday and, and let's go out there and play our best ball then. Now leave Patrick alone. (laughs)
1: <laughs> just leave him alone and get him to Sunday. Is this the
2: only time he's going to speak no, this week? No. Because I've heard enough from both teams involved. Let me get to the game, baby. I'm ready for
1: football. Yeah. We they talked about the pl-
2: week being good for break. I don't know. This week sucks. I'm ready for the
1: game. Now Should should be in their playbook <laughs> till Sunday. That's right. No more quite, media nonsense. Not quite the, uh, the full scale um, media <laughs> night last night. But after that, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little more limited, but uh, No, it's not like we get to wrap him up and bubble wrap and save him for Sunday just yet. Well, we
2: have to do that because after after media night last night, I've realized this this two-week break, maybe we can play this the Super Bowl on a Wednesday. Maybe we don't need a full two weeks to play this thing. Thursday night night game, give it to Al on (laughs) Amazon (laughs) to reward him for a crappy regular season or something like that. (laughs) But yeah, but I I just realized like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. I'm glad they look. I'm glad they have the time from an injury standpoint because it looks like we're starting to get guys back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, coming back, which I think is good news for this team. I think it's also good news that Lajarius Sneed is you know working his way through the concussion protocol and should be eligible to play on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes obviously an extra week, and Travis Kelsey an extra week, and all the wide receivers like it's important from that standpoint. But the hype machine and the hype train is going to be going all week, and I think by the end of this thing, we're all going to be ready for this game to kick off and, and everybody's going to be ready to burst out of here on Friday afternoon and say, give me some football, let's do this thing, and Another reason why it should be played on Saturday as well.
1: <laughs> so here we sit, ready to go for yeah. another
2: week of just waiting for the biggest game of the
1: year. We always think of Saturday being effective in order to have Sunday to recuperate, but really it's correct. Yes. Both. It, yeah. It's to, <laughs> yes. it's to curb, the curb, the buildup, give you a, an extra, you know, 24 hours to just get that game in mm-hmm. and then to recuperate. So yeah, Saturday would make the most sense. It Plus, would. They'd all be ready by then. Too, I think so. so yeah. Five
2: 30 on Saturday sounds a lot better than five 30 on Sunday. Yes. You know, let's yeah. go, let's play this game.
1: Yeah. So the, so the best part of, of yesterday was uh Lejeria Sneed need says he's through the, the, uh, the protocol. Mm-hmm uh Canarius tony says he's playing right juju plans to play mm-hmm. only thing we know for sure was McCole hartman is not as he's headed to uh headed to injured reserve but but ceh being active is kind of interesting i think so uh because you know you give him another toy who knows what's what's in store, or you just wasted some time for the other team preparing for something that might not happen. I well, don't know.
2: Yeah, I I like it. Look, I, I'm still one of these guys that lives in the, in the, um, uh, the myth of that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to do something special, and I still think he can do something special. You're not a first-round talent because you stink. You're a first-round talent because they see potential that you can do some really good things, and I still go back to that initial game that he played in COVID against the Houston Texans where he was just brilliant. I mean, we all see the run and the screen pass and the big play that he had there, but obviously has not lived up to his billing, but he has an opportunity to change all that. If Clyde Edwards alaire goes out and becomes a big factor in this game on Sunday afternoon, nobody's going to remember anything that he didn't do before the Super Bowl. We're all going to remember that Super Bowl, and I think this is the type of defense, Josh, and and you may view it differently, but I think this is the type of defense that Clyde Edwards alaire can have some success against. We know how aggressive and and dominating that defensive line is. Get them into some screen games. Make them have to think and do things they're not to. Used to doing, I think the screen game can really work against this team, and I'd love to see Clyde Edwards-Alaire execute it. But you know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Maybe there's a little touch of insanity with me today when it comes to Clyde Edwards-Alaire because I still think he has the opportunity to do something for us in this offense. And what better chance to show up and play big? Than in the biggest game of the year you know
1: uh to me it's less about him having a chance than it is Andy scheming him into something uh when you don't see it coming you sure know? sure but he had six touchdowns I know he's big in the red zone. he had six Damn. touchdowns this year think about that mm-hmm. you felt like you barely saw the guy right and he found the end zone six times come on yeah I mean so it's yeah it's like uh an extra toy do I do I think that they need another running back not necessarily um I, I feel like that the, the two back systems work pretty well for them but it gives you another toy. It gives you a maybe just a play, mm-hmm. just another play to 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 mess with. And if McCall Hardman couldn't give you anything and and C E H has the opportunity to give you something well that's an extra piece on offense you didn't have
2: yeah absolutely and with McCall Hardman being down and getting an extra piece back that gives you more opportunity to maybe do some things that that you you know didn't want to do and McCall Hardman and and Clyde Edwards-Alaire were both big-time threats in the red zone and so you're relieving yourself of you know McCall Hardman right now but you're bringing in Clyde Edwards-Alaire and he can score inside the 20 and that was something for a while there I guess a week where everybody was losing their minds remember they had one bad week inside the red zone and everybody lost their bleep over it and was like like, Oh my God, the chiefs can't score inside the 20 yard line. We need to blow this whole thing up and start over again. And then like the next week, they had like 17 red zone touchdowns and everybody was kind of calm again, but that's the nature of the NFL. Everybody overreacting after one week. But I, I just like the more options for Andy Reed, I think the better because we know how Andy Reed is. He's going to have everything ready to go. He's going to have a plan for everything. And now he just gets this new option and Clyde Edwards Lair back who should be fresh and ready to go after, you know, missing the last, how many weeks of this season? I mean, when was the last time he played weakness? something like that. So we get the opportunity to get a fresh running back, back in the fold. And I think that's a good thing because we've seen Pacheco take the pounding. We've seen Jarek McKinnon kind of take the pounding as the weeks have gone on. Now you get some fresh legs in there behind this line of scrimmage, and I'm excited about it, man. I'm I'm really ready to go. And the flip side is we may have seen the last of McCall Hardman here in Kansas City, and if that's the case, you, you can't have FOMO. If he goes somewhere else, does something else, you can't worry about it. They got what they could out of McCall Hardman. He ended up being an injury-prone guy who couldn't finish out the season for you. And most likely you're going to have to move on unless nobody else wants him. And he comes back at a, you know, at a, at a, at a real discounted rate, you know, in, in this off season, but I can't see McCall Hardman as somebody that I'm willing to scratch a check to going forward uh, on this team. There's other wide receivers out there. that can give you what McCall Hardman can give you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you've, uh, you don't be beholden to the fact you drafted him. What have you? doesn't matter. You weren't going to do anything. He's played, he's played himself. Exactly where you wanted to play. So Look, if Tyreek Hill doesn't
2: have off-season issues that year, McCall Hardman is never drafted by this team.
1: Well, and and you either want two things to happen. One, you play up to something where they force a decision. or mm-hmm. you play not enough where they force a decision. They, he's forced a decision.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty simple decision. You Take care. On. Yeah, it's time yeah. to move on from McCall yeah, Hardman. And if he
1: comes back in a one-year on a one-year deal, fine. You know, like, whatever. Um, I, I think you probably... You know, played yourself, and we can we can play it either way. Yeah, but I also think,
2: that. too, Josh, like, when, when you look at the McColl Hardman, you know, pick for the Chiefs, again, he was picked because Tyreek Hill had those off-the-field issues. They didn't know if Tyreek Hill was going to play. I mean, nobody knew what was going on. The draft came. They needed to kind of hedge their bets a little bit. McColl Hardman is the perfect example of drafting for need instead of drafting for the best available player. And the Chiefs, over the last couple of drafts, I think, anyway, have drafted for need slash best available player, and they've hit home runs. I mean, you look at the last two drafts and how great they've been. That's why you can't go into a draft saying, we've got to take a lineman. We've got to take a cornerback. We've got to take this because you'll end up taking somebody that isn't as good at one of those positions if you are drafting for need, and you can't start chasing your tail. You have to take that best available player on the board because there, there's there been times. I mean, we can go back to D Ford. When they drafted D Ford, we all looked at each other and went, They got Justin Houston, they got Tom Bali. D. Ford played as much as those guys did because there were injuries. You always have to have the best available player picked at that spot because the last time the Chiefs jumped up and drafted for need it was McCall Hardman and that pick really didn't pan out so nice guy I like McCall he's a good guy in the community he's a bowler I just think that when when I look at what he's done here in Kansas City on the field the fact that he's missing the Super Bowl kind of puts a bow on everything and kind of ties the uh, kind of ties his career up in Kansas City but I'm excited for Clyde Edwards and Legereus Sneed man yeah. getting those two guys back is huge especially Legereus Sneed yeah,
1: Sneed is the big one to get back because uh, you know not to say you haven't been able to, to slide some things, but he gives you so many ways you can attack defensively. Yeah. And they've also tasked him with, he he, he follows the number one guy around mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? So uh, you can do some stuff with Trent McDuffie. You've slid him over when Snead's been out, uh, but you get him in his more natural spot. You get Snead to give you the versatility. He's their best defensive back. And so you need to have him in your lineup. And so that's the biggest Uh, get back for me is is getting getting steam back in this defense that allows those those uh, those first year guys uh, to slide back in their more natural roles and you have your guy who's your definitive number one yep uh, out there uh, covering people so that's that's big that he's through the uh, the protocol, the extra week probably helped in that regard, too. Didn't have that extra week. There's he no probably problem. doesn't play in the there's Super no Bowl. There's no telling, but probably not.
2: Yeah, probably not. And and I think also, too, when you look at Lejarius Sneed, not just your best cover guy, but, but I think he's your most versatile defensive player. And I said that last week when they lost him. When he went down in that game, Josh, against Cincinnati, I'm sure you kind of had the same feeling I did. Like, your stomach sunk a little bit. You're like, oh, my God, that guy is an amazing defensive player. He can blitz the quarterback. He can come up with sacks. He can cover your best wide receiver. He can go out there and make tackles in the open field. Like, that's the type of guy you can't afford to lose. And when he went down, I was just sick to my stomach. I'm like, oh, no. What are they going to do without LeJarrius Need?" Well, they figured it out, and everybody else stepped it up. But going against this Eagles offense right now, where they've got weapons all over the place, just like the Chiefs do, you you want your best defense out there you don't want to be saying the what if game at the end of the Super Bowl man if Legereus Sneed just played what if what would have happened and so you get Legereus Sneed back you get a versatile defensive player back your, your your best versatile defensive player out there in my opinion your most versatile defensive player I should say and so those things are looking good for this organization as we get set for this game which is now what five days away <laughs> just get here I don't want to wish my life away but I'm ready for this game to get started because I think it's going to be a lot of fun come Sunday afternoon no,
1: that's kind of how the week is too where Monday's the big as they call it the opening night sure and then it's okay dig in and then it's get us to the game right so I mean this is this is the this is the circle of Super Bowl week <laughs> it is, <laughs> that, yep, that, it that, is. That is. yeah it is it is getting through getting through uh, the the first night and now kind of settling into the to the week ahead but when you have everybody out there saying yep we'll be ready yep we'll play yep we'll play that was certainly good news last night um, for the uh, for the Chiefs, getting everybody back. Again, Sons, McCole uh, Hardman, right. but Clyde Edwards-Alaire now activated to the uh, to the roster. Hey, we're going to have a, a Chris Jones autographed jersey to give away on the show tomorrow. Be listening in the 8 o'clock hour on the 9s and 5s. Hear the uh, Chris Jones sounder and be caller number 5 to 913-586-7610 in the 8 o'clock hour tomorrow for your chance to win a Chris Jones autographed jersey. Schedule or real? Tis the Eagles question. Next.
3: Fesco in the morning. One of the greatest duos. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. 610 Sports Radio.
4: I would probably say that's staying true to today. My brother is definitely a, a, not not a better. He's definitely a worse loser than me for sure. I'll probably take it on. You know, he take a few losses on the chin, whatever. My brother, if he loses, man, you better stay out of that big
1: dog's way, man. He's a, he's a fired up dude. He puts a lot of passion into this thing. Travis Kelsey on who's the. Uh... Source loser, I guess. <laughs> who loses better? Yeah. I would hope nobody is yeah.
2: the answer to that question. Yeah. What do you want somebody to go, oh, we lost, no big deal, move on. No, that ain't how the world works, no. man. Well, I mean, some people want it to work that way, but, you know, I'm sure there's some people out there who just give the Lombardi to all the teams and say everybody, 17 ties this year, right, for everybody, and everybody wins I the mean, Super Bowl.
1: You don't think about the, the fallout of this one, but that's like forever stuff.
2: Oh, God, yeah. You like, when I mean? they're in their 50s and they're at the lake together with their right. families, hey, I beat your ass in the right. Super Bowl. Yeah. All I
1: got sister my sister's the, wearing the leash. Mm-hmm. And you probably have something on your sister, right, that you just... Oh, all, you know, yeah, like,
2: constantly, yes. She got a B one time in fourth grade and came running up the street screaming and crying, right. I got a B, and I'll never right. let her live that down.
1: Yeah. So this is this at the pretty much biggest level of your career.
2: Yeah, like, what is your greatest you know sibling I mean? like domination that's over your like, sibling, right?
1: That's like... Ultimate scoreboard that you would never, you could never let go. Yeah,
2: I mean that, that everybody's got a sibling for the most part. You know, there are some only children out there, right? And if you are somebody that does have a sibling, what is your greatest scoreboard over your sibling? Not even close to this nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Let us know what your greatest scoreboard is over your sibling, because you're right, Josh. Nothing that you and yeah. I could come up with, or anybody, I don't think in the listening audience could come up with. That would
1: top. I beat you in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just when he's ticking you off, uh, your comeback, you, you, you have the drop. You just the flash the ring. And no one else. <laughs> and there's nothing you come back from. Yeah. Remember when I beat you in that Super Bowl? Yeah. Jeez, like, that's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Like,
2: man. I got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. I'll go get the beers. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of what it ultimately becomes. It becomes the ultimate bragging right. For the Kelsey brothers, even let's just say worst case scenario, Jason wins one, right? And gets that second Super Bowl. He's got two. Travis has got one. Jason is closer to retirement than Travis's. Travis, Travis could still go out there and collect a few more. But that, but head-to-head, one, brother, I mean, yeah. that head-to-head one, I mean, that head-to-head one is ultimately the biggest one. Like it probably means more for those two guys, you know, from a sibling standpoint than it does for anybody else out there. Because no matter what team wins, no matter what team loses, people are going to move on every year you have a family reunion and Travis and or Jason is flashing that ring where they beat you in the Super Bowl like there's nothing you can do there's nothing to come back from that from you know I don't know
1: if Jason's going to the Hall of Fame we know Travis is but uh, 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 just assume for a moment Jason gives the speech to Travis at the Hall of Fame right and Jason has the Super Bowl over Travis, yeah, while he's introducing him to the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, and he will say that. And he yes. gives that. I mean, <laughs> there's so many opportunities to whichever direction to throw that yeah. jab. I mean, that's. Wow. Travis,
2: congratulations, but I still beat you in the Super Bowl. Welcome big to time, time. Yeah, big time stakes here. <laughs> and Man. also, too, if, if things go according to plan, Josh, then we're going to see Jason Kelsey retire first and uh, move on to the Hall of Fame first. And so he will could, he could get up there and say, I beat you to the Hall of Fame and I beat you in the Super yeah, Bowl, right? Yeah. You don't want that. Whatever the scenario is. You don't is, want
0: that.
1: could be weird.
2: Yeah, some, be some weird. scoreboard on people from the 816. I could eat more Texas Roadhouse rolls than my brother. That's more impressive than a Super Bowl win. That is a good good. one. I I do like that one. I had way more fine women. Okay, I do like that one as well. Uh, My little brother has scoreboard on me. He got a state title in wrestling, and I never did. That comes from our guy B-Rock. Yeah, your, your little brother's got a little bit of scoreboard on you for that one. But we're thinking more of the lines of, like, Josh's sister was on a leash and he wasn't. Like he's got that <laughs> scoreboard forever <laughs> yeah. over her for the entire yeah. time that he's been alive. Shut he, it. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah. that's your comeback. Like yeah. and, and that yeah. is a great comeback. She can sit there and say all this stuff to you and you can look at her and go, "Yeah, I remember I didn't that have to you be wore a leash." Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I didn't have to wear a leash. <laughs> she was a runner.
1: <laughs> she was a runner. <laughs> All right, a valid question. I know uh, Chiefs fans have been been asking. Um, she was a runner. Uh, they... she would have been on the leash, she would have been running through the, yeah. the top runner. golf. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, she'd been yeah running while at top golf in Wichita. We wouldn't want to have that. <laughs> we wouldn't want to have that. A lot of Chiefs fans are kind of asking the same question about the Eagles: Are they are they good, or are they a factor of their schedule? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's I think it's 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 very valid. I choose to to live in the uh, I choose to live in the world where I'll be respectful until the Chiefs prove otherwise mm-hmm. that yeah they're they're good they're good. You don't become you the have, number one seed and reach the Super Bowl because you're scheduling like Bill Snyder used and to. And they they pretty much went wire to wire. I mean. They were the dominant Mm -hmm. NFC team from the get-go. They never relinquished it, even when their quarterback got hurt. um, They stayed in that that number one slot, and and here they are. They got four guys with double-digit sacks on defense. Um, I'll I'll tip my cap to that.
2: Getting Um, that many sacks, too, in the NFL, as we talked about yesterday a little bit, it's so hard to sack the quarterback. To do it 70 times like the Philadelphia Eagles did – they're good. They're yeah. good. That's not That's not a product of they playing average basically Southwest one more, Missouri State. One more sack a game than the Chiefs did, and the Chiefs were great and at And the it. Chiefs were great at sacking yeah. the quarterback this yeah. year. Yeah, but the, 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 the Eagles were 15 times better, or <laughs> 15 more sacks better Crazy. than what the Chiefs did this year.
1: But it's also coming up on the, on the national stage. Craig Carton on FS1 questioning the Eagles' defense.
0: The Eagles don't have to apologize to anybody about what their schedule is. But I don't think anybody really knows – If their defensive stats and rankings are a byproduct of who they played, or if it's because they're just that good and it doesn't matter who they played. Because an argument can be made, I've made it all year, that not not their fault at all. Find me the great offense that they played against. I'll wait. The answer is they didn't. Right Mm -hmm. now, I'm not saying Kansas City had the toughest road, but they played it in a tough division, recognizing that, yes, the NFC set three of its four teams in the postseason and Washington damn near made it also. But when you take a look at who they played, there's not a lot of great offenses on that list. And, you know, that is maybe a testament to their defense, but I think it's as much that as it is who they play against.
1: Look, I think the Chiefs can score on anybody, too. That's the thing. Sure, that's the thing. They're going to score you 30 a game. You know, can you get a turnover? Can you limit them somehow? Can you uh, frustrate the quarterback, right? Those are all kind of the questions. I feel like the Chiefs can score just about on anybody. Mm -hmm. They can get to the mid-20s pretty much on anybody. So can you get that one play? Can you get that uh, big stop Maybe early second half, one of those kind of things. Those are always the questions I think, but I'm always really confident that the Chiefs can score on anybody. So uh, you see number one, number one defense, and I go, well, they played number one defenses before. Sure. Like- it's not that big a deal, right? It, it really doesn't <laughs> phase them. Like yeah.
2: I, The number one defense, to me, doesn't really matter because the Chiefs go out there and score 30 points a game. They do that against every defense that they face. And the whole, like, they didn't play anybody. They, they played the Lions, who were a fringe playoff team this year. They played the Vikings, who were a playoff team this year. They played the Jags, who were a playoff team this year. They played the Steelers, who were a fringe playoff team this year. Uh, they played the Packers, who were a fringe playoff team this year. They played the Giants twice, who made it into the postseason they played the Cowboys twice who made it into the postseason so to say that they didn't play anybody we can nitpick and choose who who's anybody right who really matters uh you know in the NFL did they play the Chiefs 17 times no did they play themselves no and so if you couldn't play the two best teams in the NFL week in and week out you play the schedule that you're dealt. I mean, I hate to say it. We got the benefit of playing th- three sh- schmucks in the AFC West six times, you know? So it's not like we're sitting up here going, oh, my God, look at all the great teams the Chiefs played in their division. You beat up on the Raiders, you beat up on the Broncos, and, and you beat the Chargers a couple of times, right? And the Chargers ended up being a playoff team. So it, the Giants and Cowboys ended up being – the, the Eagles faced more playoff teams in their division than the Chiefs did this year. So I, I think that whole argument of who did they play – who do you want them to play? Like who? Who counts as playing somebody? Right. That's my question. I guess Buffalo and Cincinnati. Buffalo and Cincinnati. Is that it? Is that
1: and it? And the Chiefs. And the so you Chiefs. Know, you know.
2: I mean, is that is that play Okay. So the Chiefs played Buffalo and Cincinnati. Lost to both of them this year. Correct. Does that does that give you any more street cred than? What the Eagles did, they played everybody and beat everybody and only really lost when Jalen Hurts was out. They have one loss with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback this year. So the nonsense of they didn't play anybody, they didn't face anybody, it's the NFL, man. Guys get paid big bucks to go out there and play. And it may not be Cincinnati and Buffalo week in and week out, but the Chiefs didn't play Cincinnati and Buffalo week in and week out. So I just don't think you could sit there and go, well, they didn't play anybody and use that as an argument. They still found a way to win, and they pretty much dominated every game they were in. just yeah, So
1: I mean, I choose to be in the respectful category. I'm not. I don't think that there's a, but also that's not a fear category either. You know what I mean? Like right. The Chiefs can score offensively on people. Can they protect the quarterback? Can the tackles hold up this this uh, this week? Right. That's the, that's the we, biggest we thing. Go right? the, we go back to that. We go back to that. We can simplify it to the to the very core. Can the offensive line, specifically the tackles, hold up? And can the defensive line get pressure? Right. Well, that's, just, that's it. That's kind of that's kind of every game. That's it. right? And do you think Orlando Brown Jr. can hold up? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> right? Know, you know, and right,
2: can, know. can Chris Jones, can and, Chris Frank Jones Clark and Frank Clark make noise? their yeah. offense?
1: And can, they stop, can the defensive line play? Can the offensive line play? Right. That's it. And that's
2: it. That's what it boils down to. Not defensive backs, not running backs, not wide receivers. What's going to happen on the line of scrimmage? If the Chiefs dominate on both sides of the line of scrimmage, they win this one in a motorboat 31-17 and if or something they don't, like that. If they don't, gonna don't be a then, long day then, then the it's going to be a long day. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a Super Bowl where we didn't dominate on the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, I
1: don't see that. I don't see that happening. Right. Again. Now, that was a. That, that was a
2: Right. But that's what happens. Dire when you situation. Don't, that's what yeah. happens when you don't yes. dominate on and the you line get of scrimmage. Dominated it up front. You're right. gonna get smoked. they motorboat your
1: ass. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you were Nick Sirianni, you'd feel the exact same way. Next.
3: Costco in the morning. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. Liftmaster is patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder Liftmaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Don't miss former Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson every Monday at 7 30, 610 Sports Radio.
4: Yeah, I mean, you never I guess it's never to be said. I think it what what you can look at with me, I guess I can only give you my experience. Uh I guess it would be it would it would be safe to say my opening press conference wasn't flattering to who I am as a person or as a coach, um, but try not to to judge it early on on that. And uh, you know the main goal is to is, is can that new coach uh, lead lead men and help you win football games at the end of the day. So um, you know that's our job, and uh, you know give it a, give it some time. And if the guy has a great press conference, he has a great, great press conference. If he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, It's all about winning and losing games. (laughs) Nick
1: Sirianni. He can say that now. On having to eat that opening (laughs) press conference. (laughs)
2: Because that opening press conference was something of unbelievable proportions that we saw uh, when he was introduced some two years ago as head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles.
4: Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart, is knowing what to do. We're gonna, we're gonna know, we're gonna have systems in place. That, that
2: you um, you had, you 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 could you do you once you, you you could.
4: Are easier to learn, all right? Complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against, or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Mm-hmm. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you. That was thank how you, he opened you. his
1: career in Philly, yeah. and it didn't look uh, didn't look great at that point in time.
2: I mean, he beat all odds, Josh. Not only did he recover from a bad opening press conference, which we know in sports is very tough to do. I can't think of many people that bombed their press conference that went on to be a Super Bowl head coach. Like Nick Sirianni, you've seen people win the press conference and go on to be turd birds all the time. Yeah, that yeah, happens. Yeah. But you've never seen anybody start like that and go on to be a Super Bowl coach, especially in Philadelphia. Like the fact that he was able to overcome that in Philadelphia is truly remarkable. He he won right away out of the gate, right? He did. They made the playoffs last year uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the NFC. They didn't make it far, but they made it into the playoffs, and they came back and went to the Super Bowl the following year. That guy's been a playoff coach two straight years now in this league and his two years in Philadelphia. But what I also think got him over the hump was that after you have a press conference like that, you, you essentially have to go groveling and begging for forgiveness. And he became a human being in Philadelphia. Like they look at Nick Siriani as one of theirs, even though he's a guy that didn't grow up in Philadelphia and is not a Philadelphian or a Philadelphiaite. Uh, he's a guy that they look at as one of them. Remember when he was buying kegs for Jason Kelsey and calling and Coached radio him shows back with a keg? And, yeah. You, you know, he, he did human things. So he understood that. I didn't hit a home run at this press conference, but if I let my human side show, and I'm just a person and I bond with the folks of Philadelphia, they're going to love me. We do a little winning along the way. They're really going to love me. And now Nick Sirianni, I saw a poll from our uh, sister station, WIP, this morning. They said, which of the four Philadelphia area coaches best represents the city? And Nick Sirianni had well over 70% of the vote in that one. Doc Rivers getting 0% of the vote. <laughs> Name the manager of the Phillies. Oh, he's the, the KU guy. That's right. What's his name? Uh, Thompson. You're right. You got it. You're right. Rob Thompson. Rob with two B's. You yeah. know who the coach of the Flyers is, by chance?
1: Uh, Ron Hextall. No,
2: it is not. But that would have been a good guess. It would have been a good guess.
1: The coach. <laughs> I can't name you. Another.
2: That's it, though. I'm out. Yeah, the, I'm the, out. The, and I can't think of the guy's name right now. Is it John Tortorella? Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I think Torts may be the coach okay. of Philadelphia. That guy down coaches there. a lot, right? He, he does, but he also
1: is like, like a, he a, wins a press up. conferences all yeah, the yeah, time yeah. too. He tells people to go f yeah. themselves, and I really enjoy that. So, to me, I, um. I'm not doing four. I'll do I'll do a, a three rush more. Right. So it's Sirianni. That's right. Uh, Jim Tom Sula. Uh huh. And Les Miles. Yeah. Those yeah, would be yeah. the three losing press losing conferences. Losing press conferences. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Les Miles sucked at his press conference. As soon as I saw that, I go, boy, we made a bad decision with this hire. And it was clearly a bad decision. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. anytime I saw Les Miles speak, I was like, this guy sucks. Yeah, that's bad. And I remember bad, bad, bad. a couple of years after, or the year they hired him, they hired him the same year that K-State made the hire with their head football coach. And they brought both of those guys to one of the Sports Commission banquets. And I'm on in the audience, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, Les Miles, like, he's got to go. Like, you could see it right there. He had to go. And I looked at Chris Kleiman, and I went, this guy's awesome. Like, he just captivated the room, and Les Miles stood up there like, like a like a dope i mean there's no other way to like it was awful and so you have a lot to recover from you can recover from those things by winning but you also can recover from those things by being a normal human being and i think nick sirianni became a normal human being in the eyes of the philadelphia media and then started winning it It all blended in together and
1: philadelphia loves that guy now so sirianni also discussed having a having a chip on his shoulder and i i think rightfully so Mm mm-hmm I mean, this is a big – this is a motivating game for him. This, yep. is a, this is a big game for him. He was fired by Andy Reid? Right. Yeah. Right? hmm And you could say semantics, and I would agree with you. It is a little bit. But if you were in Nick Sirianni's shoes, would you feel like you were fired by Andy Reid? Yes, absolutely, and I would Andy, use that as motivation. <laughs> Andy Reid comes in and is the, the new head coach. You're a part of the other, other staff that's uh-huh. remaining – and you didn't get to keep your job right we've all had we've all had new bosses right oh yeah new boss comes in and just says it's not about you but i got, a, I got another guy and you're out mm-hmm. are you going to feel like that that guy fired you absolutely hell yeah you hell are hell yeah you are do you want some you want some payback on that guy at some yes, point in you time do. yes you maybe maybe a great guy maybe just didn't know you and and had somebody else in mind but he fired you right he or she fired you you want a piece of that that you do. You want a piece of that <laughs> guy's so, ass. If Nick Sirianni carrying the grudge of whatever, I don't blame him because he got, he got however you want to spin it. He got fired. A new, a new operation came in and you weren't part of their plan. Right. And David Culley was the guy that they used to replace Nick Sirianni. And of
2: course, David Culley went on and coached the uh, friend of the show. David Culley went on to coach the Houston Texans for, for one season for that disaster, but got a nice $17 million buyout. And he's still you know, living good life right now. He's fine. Uh, with all of that, but yeah, you're right about that because I, I at first I read the story, I'm like, well, that whole staff stunk. They had to go, and even Nick Sirianni said that he goes, I wouldn't have been fired by Andy Reid if we got the job done yeah, here in Kansas. We were he losing, was on
1: that 2-14 yeah, team. Yeah, he's like, we're on okay. a losing staff. He was coming in because we weren't winning, right. so I get it. I get know? it. I,
2: I understand, and I wonder how much like that really motivated Nick Sirianni, or did he just wake up like this week and realize, you know what? This is a good motivating ploy. I'm going to I'm going to use this one to motivate myself a little bit, maybe my guys a little bit. Like That guy over there, fired hired me, man, and you all love me, right? Let's go get revenge on yeah, that guy for yeah. firing me, and I'll show him he yeah. never should have fired me. Yeah, so, he didn't think I was good enough. Hey, <sighs> whatever you got to yeah. use this week to motivate yourself, I, I yeah. like it. But the cool thing is, is like his wife's from here, right? He's got a lot of ties to this area, and so he still sends his dad barbecue, he said, every year for for uh, birthdays and Christmases and whatnot. And he, he made the comment, which I found to be a little
1: ridiculous, that I didn't ever expect to coach did, anywhere yeah, here, else. Here it is. You know, did I want to leave Kansas City? No. My future wife was from there. We were engaged at the time. She had a nice teaching job there. She had all her friends there. Her mom and dad were a half hour down the road. Of course, I didn't want to leave there, uh, sir. You're in coaching. That's right. You leave every year,
2: <laughs> unless you're
1: and Andy Reid, and you're not a head coach at that point in time. You're yeah. you're a position coach. If you if you were in the fallacy that you were going to have a steady a steady home. Uh, base, you're sorely mistaken. You should have got into something else, not not coaching. That's a little bit better in the NFL sometimes, but but that's that's a nomadic lifestyle. So either you're going to get out of coaching and live where you wanted to live, or you're going to be
2: moving a lot. uh, Moving a heck of a lot. I mean, you look at the resumes of some of these guys that have coached in professional football, Josh, and every year it's somewhere different, something different, something new, new location, moving family, moving kids. Like, it happens all the time. You need to be a renter when you're a when you're a coach in the NFL, unless you're Andy Reid. Just a and, coach period. You know, just a, yeah, just a coach, college, or college NFL, pro yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, you should be a renter at that point in time because chances are you're not going to last all that long, and and teams make decisions all the time on these coaches. And at that time I they should have fired everybody that was part of that twenty twelve staff. That was the worst year in the history of the NFL and, for a team.
1: And then Sirianni also noted that, you know, Andy Reid brought everybody in, was, you know was great about was it. Was great about it and yep. kinda said it's almost like I, I got my my staff and mm-hmm. thank you and you know, did some stuff that he did, didn't have to do. Right. Could've he could have just said you're all out have just, they could have just locked the doors and said, everybody was here, get get your stuff and get out. Right. Um, but Nick Ceriani on his respect for Andy Reed. You know, I really re- admired that he, he pulled me into the office and, and asked to
4: meet with me and, 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 uh, and, and told me, you know, face to face that, you know, he had a guy, but heard, had her good things about me and I appreciated that and uh, his honesty, his, you know, his ability to get to me as soon as he possibly could so I can move on and, And find another job um and so i I didn't i didn't get a chance uh to to pick his brain at all on anything like that but um got a ton of respect for coach reed and and who he is as a person and who he is as a coach uh his record speaks for itself but i mean you talk to anybody and 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 they think even higher of him as a person and so um do i know him all that well no but uh you know have a high high amount of respect
1: for him so hey did something a lot of uh guys coming in probably didn't do that's right which is i'll, I'll sit down and chat with you i'll explain you the situation i gotta let you go but you know probably didn't last more than two minutes Best of luck in your future endeavors yeah. i don't know but you could have just yeah could have they could have just booted everybody to the curb i guess yeah, you don't have to go home but you can't stay here right. so we got a guy could have made could have made uh everybody you know take a commercial flight home or something yeah exactly
2: <laughs> sorry scott sorry
1: right sounds like yeah so- Sounds like you got a, a more favorable uh, landing than I'll come others. to Kansas City, but
2: I'm not going if that guy's yeah, going. Guy not be You're going to need
1: to get on a commercial plane. Needs to not be on the uh, Turn on uh, your expenses. Not be on the plane. We'll Included in your severance. Uh, meanwhile, yesterday the uh, the Broncos introduced their new coaches. You know they hired Sean Payton. Who? Uh, they gave him some draft picks and stuff. <laughs> They're going to pay him all, like a boatload of money. Yeah. And then uh, he ain't picking the Chiefs.
4: I'm picking the Eagles. We never want anyone in our division to win anything, right? Perfect weekend for a Bronco fan is we get a win and the other three lose.
1: So there you go. All right, it's on. It's on, man. I, Bring it, Sean good. Payton. It's good. We need
2: a little bit of that. I don't yeah. I don't have any ill will toward Sean Payton. I'm glad he said something like that. If he got up there and goes, no, nah, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, everybody in Denver would have been throwing tomatoes at the guy, right? And, well, you can't root for the Chiefs. What are you doing? But I think from my standpoint, I love it because the AFC West for the last seven years has been nothing but a bore, which is fine. I enjoy winning the league, and I enjoy winning the division every single year and running away with this division. But every once in a while, you still hearken back to your youth, right? You, you look back on the fond times of Raiders, Chiefs, Chiefs, Broncos, like when those games really mattered. Those games haven't mattered for the better part of this decade. So I'm glad that Sean Payton has come in, kind of launched a little bit of a, you know, a, a little bit of a, a firebomb out there right now. And maybe we'll get some interesting games in this division and get some interesting lead-up to these games because the, the games, quite honestly, in the AFC West, to me, have just been afterthoughts with Cincinnati and Buffalo and New England and Pittsburgh and you know some of the perennially good teams that are on the schedule year in and year out for the Chiefs. Those games have become much more important than games against the AFC West. So maybe, maybe Sean Payton brings a little smack talk back and we can get some fun back at these rivalries again because this division has been kind of boring for the last seven years.
1: Also, a big part of uh, Denver was uh, the, the Russ office he operated his Russell Wilson had his own office he had his own uh, uh, coaches he had his own kind of trainers he had his own entourage mm-hmm. that they allowed to have happen last year doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. Coach, uh,
4: Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach Jake keeves mm-hmm. in the building with access who wasn't on the staff Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. How do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah that's Foreign to me, that that's not going to take place here. I mean, I'm 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 unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it.
1: <laughs> oh, wow! Did he just fire former KU quarterback keeps He did. Yeah, Jake's gonna have to get back into sports talk. I, I guess. guess so, man. He's not so. gonna be
2: allowed around that facility. Are they gonna set up an office outside and call it RW Three? That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, just down the, just open a building down the street. Right? So There's Tom Brady Storefront out there somewhere yeah. they can find. Call it RW3 yeah, and I would think. move Jay Keeps in and start selling supplements so. and
1: underwear. Sounds like I better find an office somewhere else.
2: Quite honestly, I'm not buying Russell Wilson's underwear. I'd wear Tom Brady's underwear, and my wife suggested it to me last night. Why don't you get some of Tom Brady's underwear? I'm like, it's probably thirty dollars a pair, which I'm not paying for, by the way, just because it doesn't it's roll not, up.
1: And everything's at twelve bucks. No, I, 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 no, it would
2: be a nice like sale for Super Bowl week. Every everything is twelve dollars, but like they sell these underwear now like thirty dollars a pair. Do you are you guys wading into the thirty dollar nope. a pair underwear? What happened to the three pack for seven ninety nine? Can't do it. DVDs. Give me the four-pack of
1: Hanes. Yeah, right? Are you rolling into the $30 No, pair uh, but I'll, I'll get some on sale. Like, I'll wait for the sales and yeah, get the sure. $30 pair for, like, 15 Oh, you will do that. Yeah. Does
2: it make a difference? Do you like those underwear? There's some, yeah.
1: Yeah, all right. Yeah. Which is the good kind? BVDS, Fruit
2: of the Loom? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I look at that. I'm like, I can't, in, in, in my good conscience, as a father of two children in, in, in the world today, Spend $30 on a pair of underwear. Yeah, not that says Tommy's autograph on it. Even if it had
1: his Some autograph on pants, it. Pants? No. I don't want
2: another man's name on my drawers.
1: <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I, like my my sister and I make fun of my
2: mom because everything she owns is from Costco. Like everything is Kirkland brand. Even my dad's wearing like Kirkland dress shirts now. Like it's 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 bizarre. And my mother, my sister's like she probably has her underwear there. I'm like, well, I get mine there because they got this 32 degrees. And you get four for 12.99. That's the one. And, and, yeah. and, there it is. And, and that it's that Lycra material still, but I'm not I'm not I'm just not paying 30 dollars for a pair of boxer
1: briefs. What is this world coming to? People are paying that for underwear. Gotta cool your junk. Gotta Uh, cool. Powder that area, man. If you operated a Chiefs bar in Philly,
3: you'd probably close too. Next. Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Hear from Chiefs Radio Network color analyst, Dana Hughes, Tuesday at 830 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
4: Those two are special. Um, They're smart guys. They love to play the game. Dirty, tough, and uh, they'll compete with the best of them now. I mean, they'll uh, and they'll get after it on Sunday. They'll, they're they're two good ones.
1: Andy Reid at opening night last night, donning the uh, Tommy Bahama as usual, looking yep. yep. looking look fly. He looked like he would rather be anywhere but at opening night well, last and he night. W- he would. Yeah,
2: he needs to be scheming something somewhere. He feels yep. like. Yeah. I saw a video of him and Nick Siriani on stage with, um, uh, Jay Glazer of Fox Sports and Andy was like like he it looked like I g I, I, I gotta write plays. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and Nick Siriano is kind of smiling and doing his thing and Andy's like, he you could see right through Andy's eyes that he was focusing on Sunday
1: and not what was going on. Just get on through there. this, just get through this, yeah, that's just right. get through yeah. this. All right, just I gotta get through do this.
2: I'm counting down the minutes. It's almost over they told me when I'm done I could leave. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, like he yeah. he's ready to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's Andy Reed, man. That's why he's successful because he just never stops thinking about ways to kick your ass on a football game
1: uh back in on a tuesday along with bob fesco i'm josh Klingler, brian williams b-dub our uh, producer the text line always open for you at 913-586-7610 um big charlie's saloon mm-hmm. well-known uh chief's bar in philadelphia for years, this isn't something
2: new or something that happened with Andy Reid. Like this place has been die in the wool Chiefs bar for
1: generations. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, when they won the Super Bowl, went and brought him a, trof- right. Like a trophy. Right, mm-hmm. a Maria Spagnuolo has tended bars there tended before. She's tended bar there yep. before. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Chiefs bar operating in. Enemy territory this week. This week, yes. Usually, and, uh, you got a cheese bar in Philadelphia. You don't hear much about it. They hardly ever play. It's not that big man, a deal, right? This week, it is. It's Describes itself deal. as Arrowhead East. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen they've always had, uh, uh, like uh, NFL Network would have a camera there, right? right. I think they did mm-hmm. during the both Super Bowls, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, were they, they open during the second one with the COVID? Yeah, and they all? might not have. I don't been. know. They might not have been. Uh, they will not be open this week. Mm-hmm. The uh, Their their Twitter account cited they sold tickets very fast and had to turn patrons away. So we don't want to do that. We can't accommodate everyone, so we'll just close for the night. And a lot of
2: it, they said, was most of their regulars weren't able to get these early tickets because they didn't know about it or they released it online and people were buying wristbands. And it just like they claim it got out of hand really, really fast. I tend to think that you're operating a Chiefs bar in Philadelphia on Super Bowl Sunday. Just go ahead and probably it's best b- to close that back thing off. into the bushes. Yeah, yeah. Don't rub salt in the wound, especially when the Chiefs win, because you can imagine those nutcases in Philadelphia, what they're going to do had their team lost the Super Bowl. And there's a world famous Chiefs bar in town, torches and pitchforks
1: going down or, there, probably. Or if they won. I mean, yeah,
2: or if they won, true, that's true. It doesn't matter. Result of the game doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Philadelphia hey, fans would go, go down there, yeah, yeah. And try All to start this one. You're yeah. like,
1: right, right. I go ahead and shut her down. Right, and they did. That seems like a smart play to me. Right. I don't begrudge them. Yeah, come, come to Kansas City. Like, bring on bring all the people to Kansas City, uh-huh. hang out in Kansas City, yeah, and and, and watch the game because uh, yeah, that, that this of all weeks it's probably just good to lay low well, just in case. Well, it is, and
2: that's unfortunate though. And and you know, I was thinking a lot about that over the last couple of weeks. My sister said to me last night she goes, "We actually thought about going down there cuz she lives in Philadelphia and she thought about going down. She goes, "I think it would be really cool to go watch you know, the Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl at Big Charlie's and goes, well, I guess that's not going to happen now. But wh- why does it have to be that way in Philadelphia? Like, do, why do they wear it, like, with a badge of honor that their fans beat up other fans? Like, that's not good, right? I, I don't care that you're East Coast and you're, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, uh, I, the stuff that I want to say I can't. Um, but I, I, I don't care if you think you're tougher than everybody else and you're a badass and nobody else is, like, your reputation is you're a bunch of AHs at games and people are afraid to go to your stadium if they support another team. And now you have a legendary bar that in my opinion is being forced to close because they don't know what could potentially happen, you know, in after the Super Bowl game with Eagle fans. And th- and that really is a shame. Like New York fans don't do this. Boston fans don't even do this. Like, why does Philadelphia wear it with a badge of honor that they're throwing eggs at 49er fans and, you know, just beating up the opposition and crushing, like, the stories that have been released about opposing fans' cars at the parking lot of the stadium getting pummeled and destroyed while they're in the game. Like, I just don't understand why that's a badge of honor. I think if you're in Philadelphia and you're behaving like this, That's not a good look for your city. I don't care if that's who you are. You look like a bunch of jerks, and now this poor business can't stay open because, quite honestly, I
1: believe they're
2: probably a little fearful.
1: Yeah, on what, I mean, could be their biggest day of the year. Huge
2: day. Huge
1: day of the year. Their biggest business of the year probably would come on that particular game. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, all the pub that they were going to get, all the storylines, everything, all the money that they could have made. I mean, like... I feel bad for those guys. Like they don't feel that they can open that bar. I don't think it has anything to do with they oversold or anything
1: like that. No, I think it's just smart about it. They made a smart business decision. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we 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 can't. We can't for sure be safe. So let's go ahead and close it. Yeah. So
2: I I just, I don't understand why Eagle fans have like, why do they think that's a a good representation? I don't get that. I don't understand that. There's no reason you have to be violent at a game. Be nice, be welcoming, make people want to come to another game at your stadium, but maybe they just don't care about it, man.
1: This comes from, uh, from charger land. And I guess an addition of, should they come to Kansas city? No, no. My answer is no, but if they leave, LA, I'm thrilled. hmm Charger star Keenan Allen and tight end Gerald Everett are, quote, most likely cuts for the team. Per uh Daniel Poppers, a senior writer covering the Chargers for the Athletic. LA can save about 15 million in cap space by releasing Allen and a little over four million by cutting Everett. Chargers currently 23 plus million dollars over the cap. No, I'm not interested in bringing them here. But if you subtract Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett from their offense, thumbs up. Yeah, I'm good with that. Like I thumbs like that a up lot. if those yeah. two guys are not on that roster next year and they don't have them offensively. That's exactly right. I'll take the minus of of the Chargers in this one. That's those are. Those are two big minuses. Those are huge minuses for them. Look, I I think Keenan Allen's more of a minus
2: on paper, per se, than he is because he hasn't played a full season since 2019. So it's been a while, and now he's over 30. So how much can you expect out of a... Plus thirty player with the inability to stay healthy, but when he does play, he's still really good. He's a Chiefs killer. We've seen this guy go out there before and make play after play after play. I'm all for those two guys going. And away. Everett's
1: been a problem and too. Everett
2: has been a problem over the years, right? Like, and so if those two guys are subtracted from the roster. What are they going to do this offseason? If you're a Charger fan, that one guy that's still a Charger fan out there, do you trust your GM and your head coach to go make the right moves like we do here in Kansas City with Brett Veach and with Andy Reid? Can you reduce the players that you have as weapons and still get Justin Herbert to achieve? Has he reached that level where he can make guys better? I don't know the answer to that question right now. I would I would hedge my bet and probably say, no, I don't think he can make the guys better quite yet. But we haven't seen it, right? We haven't seen it yet. We don't know until we see, you know, what, what he can do with lesser cast of characters around him. But this makes the, the Chargers, in my opinion, weaker going into the offseason. And I don't know if you can get anybody up to the caliber of those two guys to replace what they mean to that
1: offense. And so good, go for it. LA cut them all. And this is the time where Justin Herbert could be getting a contract. Extension, yeah, too. exactly. This is a big year for him. Yeah. So they had, they had six cuts that can save the chargers the most space. Obviously we know you can, you can nuance these things. If yeah. you wrote, if you wrote one, six cuts uh, that can save the Chiefs, we, we get it. You know, you can, you can restructure and do whatever, but uh, Khalil Mack Keenan Allen, right. How about Corey Lindsley. Gone. Gerald Everett. Right, I mean. Gone. I'd be I'd be all for that. Yeah, go for it. You, get you have to get rid of all those guys. All right. I'll uh, I'll take my chances with whoever you replace them with and in, uh, in L.A. to pay your quarterback. Well, so. and,
2: and we'll see if Justin Herbert is the real deal, too. I mean, you, you, you know when the quarterback's the real deal, when you take away Tyreek Hill and everybody says you're not going to win anything and you end up in the Super Bowl and you put up better numbers than you did the prior year. That's how you know when you have the right guy at the quarterback position. Is
1: Justin Herbert that guy? I don't know the answer and, to that question. And this reporter writes that, he believes this deal with him will get done this off season. so he's going to get paid. He's going
2: to get paid, right? Yeah. He's going to get paid, and he should get paid. But is he is he a guy that makes everybody better, or is he a product of that system? The answer remains to be seen. Gosh,
1: if he got rid of Keenan Allen, I'd be, That'd be fantastic. And he's going to have a new offense too. You yeah, know, yeah, with that's Kellen right. new, Moore coming in as well coordinator, coordinator, coming in as well. That's a good point. Yeah. again again Again. yeah yeah this is third
2: or fourth coordinator now and and third or fourth kind of offense that he's going to have in his very young career and you take away those weapons right out of the gate for of yeah you're going to have to have like some sort of quarterback camp out there justin you know just let you know you probably need to have some kind of quarterback camp out there in oregon or something bring all your guys up let them get acclimated to everything if he doesn't do that then he's an idiot
0: yeah exactly
2: any quarterback who doesn't do that now going forward is a moron (laughs)